0: welcome everyone to another episode of Memphis Hardwood. I'm your host Anthony Saracusa and I'm joined by my partner each and every week Marvin Stockwell. Marvin, good afternoon. How you feeling?
1: Good afternoon. I'm feeling awesome cuz the Grizzlies are just continuing to pile up the wins.
0: <laughs> Man, they're absolutely <laughs> dominating. Yeah. Grizzlies are now 30 games over 500 the last time the Grizzlies reached this milestone was at the end of the 14-15 uh, season, um, which was just, you know, obviously the best season in Grizzlies history, uh, reaching the Western uh, Conference uh, Finals. Um, and so we are just, uh, Marv, we're just we're just absolutely rolling <laughs> right now. So it's...
1: We're in uncharted, uncharted territory.
0: We're in uncharted territory because yeah. we've already reached this sort of milestone, right? We're not at the end of the season. So um, yeah. pretty amazing to see the Grizzlies uh, just rolling along. Doing what they are doing. Uh, And we got to start right off the top with this point, which is uh, Marvin. I think that the Grizzlies must have listened to Memphis Hardwood last week because we made it a point to emphasize the Grizzlies needing to make more threes. um, And we wanted them to get that pre all star swagger back. Uh, and both of those things happen. So over the last five games, the Grizzlies have had 16 threes, 19 threes, 21 threes against Indiana, wow. 13 threes, 12 threes, double digit threes over the last five. Um, yeah. Marv, I think it's safe to say they must have got that swagger back. And obviously it's because they listened to Memphis hardwood.
1: I mean, I think they listened to the show. You know, John, I've been texting back and forth. I've been giving him <laughs> pointers. No, I'm teasing, of course. Uh, but no, seriously. I mean, Coach Syracuse and Coach Stockwell, I mean, you know, the coaching staff of the Grizzlies is is uh, is more than ample, right? More than yeah. ample. We'd like to think. But it's nice to be able to say, my golly, that would be great to have happen. And it's like, presto, it happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty amazing. So um, just incredible to see the Grizzlies. Uh, shooting the lights out we're going to talk a little bit specifically about some of the guys who have been making those threes in particular Desmond Bain and D'Anthony Melton because they have been on fire Um, but we also we also want to kind of go back uh, to this it seems like ancient history but it really wasn't that long ago when the Brooklyn Nets came to town and so did everybody from ESPN the largest sports network in the world Uh, and it was absolute bedlam in Memphis I mean They had uh, Stephen A. Smith, um, you know, pardon the interruption guys were there. They did Sports Center from Memphis. They were broadcasting. I kept wondering, like, where did they set up? It almost looked like they set up at Mud Island River Park. Um, (laughs) Because they were, it looked like, you know, based on where they, and then they had the little, I think it was Mud Island Harbor behind them. But, oh, it was cool, man. I mean, just watching it on TV, being a fan of Memphis and, of course, the Memphis Grizzlies. It was so lovely to see um that crew in town covering this city um so marv did you get yeah. a chance to watch any of that or sort oh, of yeah. be part of like kind of what was going on in the city
1: uh i didn't get downtown for i didn't go to the game at the, at the fedex forum itself although i did go to the pacers game uh but no i didn't go i'd love to have gone it didn't work out um but uh but great game to watch uh and a, a great game to kind of soak in all of the kind of like ancillary stuff happening all the different personalities all the different coverage of like oh yeah yeah, well what you know like we're blowing your mind aren't we in national media uh and i think the coolest thing for me was uh was hey we we won and we won handily uh but we also won and won handily in a way that the national media didn't expect they when they made this decision i think they were coming down here to see the john morant show and then they saw just how deep the the rest of the Grizzlies team uh is uh and and uh and, and and uh and we may unpack this a bit a little bit later in in greater depth but I think one of the coolest additional narratives on top of all that is that John ja Morant seems to be love being fan number one you know like he's not oh dude. he's not hurt he's not diminished you know he's just like that's cool everybody's all like the Grizzlies are better without you know so great without uh, a ja John Morant Great. It makes me totally happy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Absolutely. Man. People
1: don't understand, I don't think. And he's like, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, yeah. My dogs are killing it.
0: Oh, I mean, I want to talk about the look on his face and just how um, amazing he's been just on the sidelines. I I, I mean, it's I had that down as a note, too, to really dive into. I got to issue one correction. Grizzlies went to the Western Conference finals in 2013. That's when they had a 56 and 26 record. Um, They won 55 games in the 14-15 season. So still, that Mm -hmm. was that was an impressive run, but just wanted to make sure to correct the record. Um, on that of course those were yeah. the peak years of the grit and grind era but we're still in this rarefied territory and it's amazing even with jaw on the bench marv we can still get massive results on the court and honestly you really have to look no further than that brooklyn game um our friend jitty john Conchar, D'Anthony melton mm-hmm. kyle anderson the bench had 36 points in the first half mm-hmm. of that game <laughs> They came out absolutely on fire. And, of course, the Grizzlies have the most productive bench in the league. The bench ends up with 50 points um, in that Brooklyn game while Ja Moran is sitting on the sidelines. And, of course, we didn't know at that time what was going to happen. It was just Ja has a little bit of knee soreness. Uh, I think everyone in the world was looking forward to watching him play on the biggest stage in sports, certainly that day. Um, And, really, you know, ESPN has only done something like that two or three times over the last five years. Um, So it was pretty cool, you know, to see the bench showing out and really this whole team showing to the world what Memphis basketball is about. And it's not just about John Morant. And I think
1: John Morant would be one of the first people to tell you that, too. Totally. Yeah, no, it was really impressive uh, to, to see them win like they like they won. I think a lot of people thought, oh, John Morant's out. Well, you know, maybe this is a loss. Uh, and obviously yeah. the, the, they were playing against uh, great players you know like Kyrie Irving's back incredible player so it's it's kind of like you know i went into that game thinking well I mean, we might lose this one although you can kind of go into that and say you know i actually i probably would have went into that game thinking we'll probably win anyway but if we lose it wouldn't be totally um hard to understand and it wouldn't really blend, like it wouldn't really slow us down in the overarching sense of where this team is headed in terms of the playoffs, but I don't know. It's just like, they seem so relaxed. You know, it's just like, they just like calmly dispatch the next team. And it doesn't seem to matter who it is. Yeah.
0: And you know, what's amazing too, about that Brooklyn game, I felt so positive about this Desmond Bain passed Mike Miller for the all time record in three pointers made. And so that, what a great stage for the young fella to be able to set that significant milestone. I mean, they're, I don't yep. know, Marvin, in terms of basketball, Memphians, I, Mike Miller's definitely in the top 10. Um, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And so now for Desmond Bain, right, to be that record holder. I just think it portends great things, not only for Desmond and this team, um, but for him to then achieve that right on this national TV stage with everybody and their brother in town. It it was just a cherry on top. I mean, to come out with a win, you know, even with Jaw on the bench, you know, the bench uh, bench playing great in the absence Mm -hmm. of Jaw, and then for Des to get that new record. Um, We made nineteen threes in that game (laughs) against Brooklyn. Uh, And again, one of the themes for the show today, the Grizzlies are making, they're taking and making threes. Um, And at that point it was the season high. We would quickly break that with 21 against Indiana, (laughs) which is just insane. I mean, we've, you talk about, you know, we're in uncharted territory, terra incognita. We absolutely have never seen a Grizzlies team shoot the ball this well. It just, it's just never happened. And so Des breaking that record, right? I mean, it's a it's an indication of how well the Grizzlies are doing in this area, Marv.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a, 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 a game on that stage also had on full display to an especially huge audience, uh, a, a, the most improved player right in in Desmond Bain. I mean, I think it helps that case. Oh, well, I think but. I think it helps. I think it helps the uh, Coach of the Year uh, chances for Coach Jenkins. Uh, so. Um, yeah, it's just like across the board. We we showed out on a on a huge stage, and it was just another instance of putting the the basketball world on notice that we are not a look at looking like we're rounding into a contender. If there were some laggards out there that hadn't quite you know gotten the latest notes, uh, but like we're already there, right? oh dude. And Ab- we're we're wielding absolutely. our powers confidently as well.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> And I got hey. to a, give a shout out to the big guy because, you know, when we talk about job being out, Desmond Bain shooting the ball well, Jitty, D you know, all these guys. Mm-hmm. I got to give a shout out to Steven Adams. I mean, he distributed five yeah. assists in that game. He had a steal and a block, 11 points. I mean, that's always nice, right? Uh, excuse me, 11 rebounds and seven mm-hmm. points, mm-hmm. but five assists. And then he followed that up at the Pacers game with six assists. And then against the Bucks, five more. I mean, Stephen Adams has been distributing the ball like that's his full-time job. I mean, you'd love to have a starting point guard who gives you five or six assists a night, Marv.
1: Yeah, no, Stephen Adams is playing out of his mind. Uh, and I think it has to do with obviously natural gifts, but I, <clears throat> you're, what you're seeing is natural gifts across the board in each player multiplied and elevated uh, by the system that makes them better as a cohesive unit. Uh, and I, think, I feel like everyone... Uh, is, is finding their way to fit within that system and it's making them all better. You know, um, Zaire, you know, like, like he's, he just continues to show additional things that like, uh, like I forget what game it was exactly, it's all kind of a blur, but like there was that really strong move to the the hole where he kind of euro stepped around on the baseline on somebody. That was a really slick move. Absolutely. And they have to respect it because he can also knock down threes. Exactly. Right. And that's just one. That's just one weapon. We haven't even. We've gotten this far in the show. We haven't even mentioned him. But yeah, you know that's he's, just like an ancillary weapon. Right. He's
0: the rookie weapon too. Right. Um, right. And you know there was a picture after the Bucks game um, where BK Brevin Knight stood alongside um, uh, Robin Lopez. Um, is it Brooke Lopez? It's Brooke Lopez in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. His brother's Robin Mm -hmm. Brooke Lopez and then Zaire Williams. And so, you know, uh, uh, the Lopez, I mean, he's a seven footer and then Zaire next to him. And then BK was in the middle and BK looked tiny. I mean, he played in the NBA for whatever, Mm -hmm. 10 years and he was a point guard. Right. But I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, Zaire Williams is huge. He has such size and you can see it was just it was a nice contrast to see him with like more of a regular size person, Brevin Knight, because his size really bothers guys on the defensive end. That is something I have been watching every single time I watch the Grizzlies, which is every time they play. Um, And so that gets us into the defense. And I ended up uh, for the Brooklyn game. Marm. I ended up watching the local broadcast. Um, I actually wanted to watch the main broadcast. I know Hubie was on the mm-hmm. call with ESPN. I, I wasn't able to, to, to get it just because of I, I watched them later. But yeah. Brevin Knight was talking about on the local broadcast how effectively Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson Jr. were playing defense in the fourth quarter. And mm-hmm. he was talking about how those two guys were switching on guards and keeping the guards in front. And – yeah. I, and so I just, I mean, he was, uh, I mean, BK was just basically jumping out of his chair. He was so excited about that. And it was literally the, the whole fourth quarter, these guys, BC and triple J were playing defense and I just, I was just flat out blown away. The Grizzlies held the Brooklyn nets to 16 points in the fourth quarter. Wow. And I just, I just think, I mean, I know the coaching staff has already identified that as a good combination BC and and triple J right at the four and the five respectively, but man, they absolutely shut the water off. And we're talking about two all-time offensive players that were Mm -hmm. out there. I mean, we're talking about top 75 NBA players of all time in KD and and Kyrie. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, I mean, Kyrie was brilliant. I mean, for all of whatever the noise and all this nonsense, I mean, he is just absolutely –
1: Man can play basketball. He
0: is a stellar offensive player. I mean, just unbelievably beautiful to watch. Uh, But that defense, I mean – and and I got to give a shout out too to Dylan Brooks. You know he was just getting oh, back,
1: yeah. yeah. And
0: uh, boy, I, I just felt like he was following KD around. Like, dude, when you wake up in the middle of the night, I'm the first thing that's going to come to your mind.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, having Dylan Brooks back has been a real joy, man. I mean, just having that just um just that demeanor that he has, and like, I, you know, he always is right up on the edge of like, oh man, don't. Don't get in that ref's face too much, man. Don't get a tech. But I, I feel like he's just on the verge of like danger all the time. You're oh, like, dude. Ooh. He
0: got <laughs> teed know? up last night. He got teed up last night. I thought he was going to end up with Steve Kerr in the locker room. But anyway, yeah. we'll get to that. Anyway. Um, so Brooklyn, um, the Brooklyn game, last thing I want to say, Penny was courtside. You know, he had just um, won the first uh, to NCAA tournament game of his mm-hmm. collegiate coaching career. Shout out to Penny. Um, just you know, really happy for him. Obviously, a lot of allegations coming down right now in this independent investigation. Um, I, I just, I just want to go on the record and just say, I mean, I think it's all total nonsense, what they're, what they've put Penny through and what garbage. they're trying to do. It's, it's ridiculous. Garbage. And I mean, Calkins wrote a little bit about this and I'm sure Memphis talk radio sports talk radio is just, you know, filling up the airways with all yeah. kinds of various things about what's going on with this. So sure. we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. Cause there's other people who can talk about this, but I do just want to say we should not let any of that get in the way of what Penny did this year and all the great things he accomplished. And, you know, if if Landers Nolly Jr. decides he's going to go play basketball somewhere else, even Lester Quinones, right? These are good guys, and they could be yeah. a number one option on many teams. If they decide they're going to go somewhere else, I have absolute confidence in Penny to use mm-hmm. the new transfer portal to bring in great talent. Um, and to continue to recruit and make this basketball team effective, more. But I think this is the start of something uh, great for Memphis, and I and I was happy to see Penny at the Brooklyn game, enjoying a little bit of um, time with the Grizzlies.
1: Yeah, I think he passed the test, like the crucible of this season. Uh, it was like, it was a meat grinder of a season, uh, like we've talked about before, with with all these uncommon variables, like distractions, and you know, as Pat Riley used to call them, peripheral opponents. That, uh that you aren't normally part of the horizon you know and a, pa- a pandemic masking vaccination you know and uh and not perfect not perfectly executed but he made it through the scrum you know what i mean absolutely. and like in the end absolutely. analysis he redeemed the season absolutely uh, and man i just like i know i couldn't do that so like uh hats off to penny glad for penny uh as a person because i think penny is a good person as well so i'm glad yeah, to see yeah. any person who's like who's got his hand on the pile of Memphis broadly speaking like he could be anywhere else doing all sorts of different things. Oh my god. He could yeah. just be relaxing enjoying his wealth You're playing be golf. Two, no, no, no. Exactly. But he's just he's doubling down on for his hometown and I admire yeah. that. I respect that. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And then just as a fan, like as a guy who was in college when Hardaway was in his playing days, such an exciting player, uh to to see this it's it's like a a multi level redemption in a way. So I, yeah. I I think all of Memphis breathed a sigh of relief because it was like, you know, there's no guarantee we're, <laughs> they're going to win yeah. those games, yeah. but they got through the scrum.
0: For sure, man. I mean, yeah, to finish the season the way he did, I can't remember what the in his record ended it I don't have those stats in front of me, but he totally turned it around after the eight and yeah. nine start or whatever. Um, and and I just want to say for the record, I mean, I think. You know, I think it would be great if Monty Bates comes back. I think he's going to be a better basketball player next year. We're going to have to wait and see. Um, He's going to have to find a new center. He's going to have to find a new point guard. And if Landers, Nolly, and Kinones leave on the wing, he's going to have to find new wing players. But I think Penny's up to it. I think he's developed a good culture. Um, Cody Toppert, one of his uh, assistants, is now, I think, going down to LSU. Is that what I saw? The Murray State. The Murray mm-hmm. State head coach, Matt McMahon, got hired. I think he's now the new LSU coach, and I think mm-hmm. um, Cody Topperd followed him down there. So, mm-hmm. hey, I mean, Penny's got a lot of rebuilding to do, but, um, boy, he came through the crucible this year, so he is up to the task.
1: Yep, yeah, no doubt.
0: Um, let's talk just briefly about this Indiana game. I know you got to get out there uh, to mm-hmm. see the game. I mean, really major news coming out on – uh, that day was that Jaws is going to be uh, reevaluated in two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And there's going to be some offloading, is the term the team mm-hmm. was using. Mm-hmm. Um, his knee was a little bit sore. They did an MRI, no structural damage. I don't think anybody was expecting there'd be structural damage. And so mm-hmm. when you've got a team playing this well, give your star point guard the couple of weeks off before the playoffs. Why not? Right.
1: Yeah. No, I, th- I think for sure. And it's like, I- I've seen these like conspiracy theories about like, I just like, <clears throat> I, I don't think every I don't think all everybody involved has a great poker face, and there's actually some like awful injury that they're h- hiding or anything like that. I don't believe that at all. Uh, I think this is, as you identified, this is more uh, precautionary resting. And, and, and if anything, and we talked about this a couple episodes ago, we talked about the value of the team. Uh, everybody got better in the jaw absence, <clears throat> and then in that period right after he came back with maybe a one to two game a, a adjustment uh, we were even better. And I, and I think, I, I think that same thing can be true. I think, I think I, I see some of the same fruits uh, flowing to the team of, of uh, just how valuable is it going to be get for, 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 Tyus Jones to be that much more the, 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 field general of the team with, with playoff experience, because he's need, He's going to need to be that within the game. Or who knows what happens? You know, like, yeah. we don't know what happens. And for him to be that good and for us to be beating teams as good as we're beating and to know that, that the Tyus Jones lineup is still pretty damn good against those lineups oh, yeah. and those teams, that just that just, that just stands you in good stead in terms of lineup development. You're getting more time for deeper in your roster, yeah. you know? Even um, Xavier Tillman Sr. the other night, he, he, he played very credible basketball, uh, again, more than credible basketball, he played excellent basketball, uh, in the games that he's been relied upon. Well, it's great to get him some reps, you know, who knows how, but what depths we're going to need to go to in, in the lineup, even though lineups tend, to rotations tend to tighten. Right. We don't know what's going to happen. So like right. more reps closer to the playoffs, the better surging confidence of all the players, all the better. And then you yeah. add the cherry on the top of John ja Morant. Yeah. We'll That's an amazing star.
0: Well, Tyus is five and zero in the last five since Ja has been out. I mean, the Grizzlies yeah. have won five in a row. Um, I believe he's it's uh, it's either seventeen and two or eighteen and two this season. He's only lost two games and they haven't lost at all since Jaw has been uh, seated most recently. So, yeah. I completely agree with you. Let's continue to get Tyus Jones into a rhythm, um, and we know what you're going to get when uh, Jaw gets back. Uh, the other the other thing about the Indiana game, I got to give a you know a shout out again. Obviously, I'm a big Brevin Knight fan. Pete and Brevin were just absolutely loving uh, Steve O's play during that game, and they had a couple yeah. of things. They just going to they called him the Kiwi Cruiser, and they noted that he had the pass from Down Under. He was oh, so man. he was so aggressive <laughs> in the third period. Uh, yeah. Just had a nice oh, little underhanded <laughs> pass to get a guy to the basket, and then they coined. Steven Adams, you know, leading the league in offensive rebounds. Steven Adams is running
1: the Kiwi Collection Agency. It's open for business. <laughs> Did you see, by the way, this is like file this under like somebody found this footage like 10 days after the historic pass to John Moran at the other end of the, you know, the Hail Mary. Touchdown oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pass. yeah. But they found that that other angle. And they floated that out there, and like for for Cormick, my son and I, who were at that game and enjoyed that pass so much, I'm like, dude, you've got to see. There's this new angle on the shot, and it was the camera right behind Stephen Adams throwing the pass. And I think what's so amazing is how he's how. St- stoic he is in this celebration he just chucks the ball and then you see it fly way down there you can barely see it it's a tiny speck and then you know what happens because you've seen the play from another angle John Rand hits the bucket and 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 Steven Adams just raises his hands in victory you know after having them (laughs) clasped calmly behind his back throw the pass right wait 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 hands raised in victory he didn't jump up and down he didn't run down there or anything He just like
0: of course yes yeah excellent play I mean, that play, that play, I, that was where Ja went crazy viral. I mean, that was the one I think that broke Twitter. Yeah. It was like the largest circulated NBA play of all time or something. Right. Um, and then, of course, the Jaw block uh, earlier in the season. Uh, mm-hmm. it was, was it against the Lakers? Or he, and they did the Washington Post article on it. But it, well, I
1: think it was against the Lakers. And then, of yeah. course, there was that Ja Morant vicious dunk from uh, the same long pass game. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna do it. Many highlights. yeah, of the season, and we're gonna we're gonna zone in on some of our favorite oh, highlights. Yeah. But um, you know, just to wrap up the Indiana thing, I mean, uh, it's Steve O's world. That's what Brevin Knight said at one point. It's just Steve O's <laughs> world. We're living in it, and I love the idea of like Steve O's world as a like uh, television show for kids too. So we'll see what we can do with that.
1: <laughs> they should totally develop that. Actually, yeah, Nickelodeon, right? get them involved
0: hey seriously he'd be great i mean he's gonna you know retire at some point but not before he helps the grizzlies win a championship oh yeah you or two (laughs) so (laughs) the grizzlies had 10 three-pointers in one quarter in that game that was um crazy they set a new franchise record for um 15 threes in the first half so that was the franchise record for threes and a half uh desmond bain um you know two nights in a row double digit scoring quarters he did it in brooklyn he did it again did it in memphis against brooklyn he did Mm -hmm. it again against Indiana, and the grizzlies had 18 made threes with five minutes left in the third quarter they ended up finishing the game 21 of 42 from three that was obviously a franchise record so uh yeah terra incognita rare territory here marvin um and then you know i want to talk just briefly about um the milwaukee game and then we'll kind of go through the Warriors game quickly before Mm -hmm. we hit on a couple of big storylines, but uh, D'Anthony Melton came in, in the Milwaukee game. And do you know what the first thing he did was Marv right after he came in off the bench?
1: I'm going to take a wild guess here and say hoist up a three that went in. He
0: drilled a three. Yeah. Um, D'Anthony Melton, we're going to, I want to go into some depth here in a minute. He has been on fire. I mean, he has just been playing in a different world zone with a capital Z is what BK said last night. Yeah. Um, just, just amazing The the Grizzlies defensively, um, they're putting it together on both ends, you know, all this offense that they've still been playing incredibly good on Mm -hmm. defense. They, they held the Milwaukee bucks to 46 points in the first half, um, 30 assists in that game. And the thing I think I loved the most about that game, Marv, my favorite part of the Milwaukee game was Xavier Tillman guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm -hmm. He was so effective. Like Tillman has been, he hasn't been called up in I don't know how many. I mean, we're talking dozens of games. I mean, he oh, is yeah. not—he's not played at all, and he didn't yeah. go to the G League because you know he's the first big off the bench. You know, when you lose one of your guys to injury, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and dude, he had this play in the second quarter on Giannis where he forced a shot clock violation on on Giannis. I mean, he's just yeah. using his chest against one of the most gifted players of all time yeah. in the history of the league.
1: <clears throat> I just love it, man. Everybody who plays for this team, they know what they're supposed to do and they do it. Yeah, Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo. Like he almost like uh, he can but kind of by force of will get a bucket. Like that guy is just like he is. Oh, he has yeah. so many natural gifts. But like he looked really really perturbed, and he looked like he was trying really hard to get those buckets. Now he still filled up the stat sheet, but I mean it just seemed like we we had those great plays against him. We did uh, frustrate him, but but even the w- baskets that he did get, like very few of. Them, oh yeah, he you know he got a couple of breakaway dunks. But I'm saying. A lot of them were contested and he didn't look like it was like, it was hard for him. We made his life hard and the rest of the team just did not step up because we we're, we we're, we we're playing great defense against exactly. them as well. And they just, exactly. they did not look like returning like NBA champs. They really didn't. Um, yeah,
0: no. And I mean, I, I credit the Grizzlies more than I, you know, fault the, the Bucks. you know, as you were saying, cause the Grizzlies just played so extremely yeah. well. Dylan Brooks had the assignment on Chris Middleton, you know, and as BK was saying last night, you know, there are few two guards as elite as Chris Middleton. And I mean, basically Dylan Brooks just shut the water off.
1: He made it so difficult. Dylan Brooks being back is so huge. Uh, And he's just, it didn't take him long. Remember, I think last episode, we said something like the, uh, The coaching staff was all like, we expect him to be back up to full strength soon. And that's both, that's both an encouragement and that's both confidence, but that's also expectation setting. And it's like, that is exactly what happened. That's the other thing that we talked about on last week's show that absolutely happened is that whatever like quick adjustment up period for Dylan Brooks was necessary. It was incredibly short. He is back to full strength, full swagger. Yeah, full attitude. And no like, doubt. Eliminating It's crap.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. And he's his size. I, I mean, D'Anthony Melton's a great defender, and Kyle Anderson is a great defender. Kyle has size. But Dylan Brooks has quickness and size and defensive instincts that no one on the Grizzlies possesses, and I think he's 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 an elite perimeter yeah. defender already. And just imagine, you know, how he's going to be, you know, as he continues to to age. So Chris Middleton, sixteen points, five rebounds, five assists in that game. You but know, he earned you know, them. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Giannis, him, Giannis had 30, and, I mean, Chris Middleton can easily go for 30. More importantly, the Bucks shoot 39%, 40%. That night, 22% from three. So the Grizzlies' defense was absolutely locked in against yeah. the reigning NBA champion Milwaukee yeah. Bucks. Um But yeah. I'd say, Marv, we dispatched them quite handily. Um, and then, you know, we had this game against Golden State, um, you know, uh, last night. Uh, Grizzlies um, – <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say about Golden State. I mean, Steve Kerr gets kicked out of the game. Draymond Green's not playing. Klay Thompson's not playing. Steph Curry's not playing. Otto Porter Jr. is out. Basically, their entire starting lineup is out. Um, Andrew Wiggins, the only guy, you know, is usually starting for them that that's playing. Um, they just, you know, they just didn't look very good, and the Grizzlies were frustrating them with defense. They looked terrible. You know the the Warriors uh, held the Grizzlies to a 20 point first quarter, but that was largely because the Grizzlies were missing shots they usually make. I'm talking about yeah. point blank shots at the rim. Desmond Bain wide open shots just weren't going in, and then the Grizzlies responded with a 43 point second quarter. That was a franchise yeah. record. They've never scored that many. In a second quarter. So if there's a theme of today's podcast, it is setting records, <laughs> franchise yes. records oh for this Grizzlies team. Um, so dispatch the Warriors last night. Steve Kerr gets kicked out at the half for saying some words that we shouldn't say uh, on the podcast in um, the interest of keeping it family friendly. And uh, of course, the yeah. Anthony Melton once again um, showing oh, out and showing up. Um, and I just I want to spend just a couple minutes talking about Melt here. You know, the the Daily Memphis and Drew Hill, they were writing about Melt Mania, and they had a really nice profile piece on D'Anthony Melton this yeah. week. So definitely go check that out. Drew Hill does a good job. So um, but I mean, Marvin, when you think about D'Anthony Melton, I mean he's he's a guy we got in the trade from Phoenix. Some people say, hey, he was kind of the main objective in the Phoenix trade a little while back. Other people, well, he's just kind of a throw-in, but 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 have you anticipated that DeAnthony Melton would be quite so important to
1: this team's long term trajectory? Um, I think we talked about him earlier in the s- season in the sense that he kind of just like took a step back, or he seemed to kind of like disappear. Not with outwardly bad play, but it's almost just like he took a step back so that unexpected. Uh, players that, that got there early were better than anybody anticipated early could get more minutes. And it was, I was almost like, <clears throat> well, those minutes have to come from somewhere. And it's like, you just stick with those players. And so I saw, it's like, you know, almost without noticing, cause you're, you're noticing all these other great things, this bonanza, of really great stuff happening. You're yeah. just like, you almost don't realize ah, what happened to kind of D Anthony Melton's kind of taking a step back or whatever. But it's like, I think we even talked about this. It's like, I, we thought we talked about how he'll come back, you know, like, and, and I think he had a game that was like, not this kind of current stretch, but he had one game out of nowhere that was like, boom, you know, oh yeah, Anthony Melton can totally light it up and play lockdown defense. Yeah. And now I see what w- what's happening now is, a, is an extended stretch such yeah. that thematically everybody has like can't miss that the man is not just back, but I mean. This might even be somewhat of a leap from er, from early if, if it if it maintains right yeah uh if, if it does you know I think we're gonna we're gonna win a championship if we can it's yeah. like we're shooting above our 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 our, our where we're supposed to. we're shooting better than average now will it remain elevated I hope to God it will but uh, who knows but I mean, he is on a tear yeah. he is on a you know, a righteous tear man he yeah. said something to the effect of uh, Oh, man, it's like my family's up staying with me and like yeah. hanging with me. And I want to just keep them off my back. I'm like, yeah, you get those. You get some, can we get the Peabody to get the uh, yeah. Anthony Melton's like right. family, a suite? Let's buy them like, a, a house here. Limp, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it takes. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> well, statistically, he is shooting lights out. Uh, you know, followers of the Grizzlies don't need me to tell them, but he's shooting 47% from three in the month of March. Um, we are obviously approaching the end of the month. Um on six attempts per game and he's making he's making almost three of them. Um, he's he's averaging ten field goal attempts per night and he's and he's making five of them. So he's shooting close to fifty percent from two. And the good thing, and this is what BK pointed out last night, it's not coming at the, at the expense of his defensive activity, Marv. He yeah. continues to be disruptive, um, and he's just playing right now with a level of confidence that, you know, frankly, he has just not had um, all season. Um, and you know, to his credit, and, and I think this just really speaks to his effort. He tied his career high on that Milwaukee game with 24 points. Um, and he's just, I mean, he's just, I don't know what else to say about DeAnthony Melton, but I think that he, when you talk about X factors, people have been like, Oh, triple J bottom line, Jaron Jackson, Jr. You know what you're going to get from him. I, I mean, his mm-hmm. consistency this year has been very high. We've talked a lot about Jaron, mm-hmm. um, obviously getting some rest last night, But when we really think about true X factors, I don't think it's Jaron. I don't think it's Ja. I think it's the Anthony Melton, Marv when you get into the playoffs. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, no, I think he absolutely uh, can be uh, a variable that if it breaks right, he could be the X factor that like that pushes us higher. Um, Yeah, you know, we also while we're on the subject Jared, just real quick, uh, we talked about um, his kind of getting pouty or his his attitude and the complaints about fouls. And he said something I, I can't remember where I read it, but he was talking about how the need to get better about, and he rattle off this litany of things. Yep. Uh, and he didn't describe it as I need to not be pouty, you know, or or I need to, but but I mean, all of the stuff that he had on his litany definitely maps over to that bad attitude that I think could get him down in the dumps and being less than than his best. Uh, and sure enough, I think he has systematically been working on those things, and those those things aren't aren't as big of an issue now. It's something to keep yeah. an eye on. Yeah. But uh so that, that's that's another one of those variables that kind of waxes and wanes. I, I hope that he's like again, I, I I think I think that's trending right. And and the one thing that like D'Anthony Melton like trending the way he is, is is really honestly a somewhat unexpected gift in a season of unexpected gifts. Yeah. I mean, this season, like we talked about, like for instance with an of this podcast, has really been. Things showing up early, players making improvements that are that are bigger than expected, earlier than expected, which adds to the teams, like we're gonna finish ninth. No, man, how about we're gonna finish second, you know? Oh my god, and become a contender. So I think it D'Anthony Melton, uh, uh the the gift of him kind of like coming back to full strength plus, let's say, is uh is just like, I mean, it actually fits with the theme of the season.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. And before we move on from Jaron, to give a, get a shout out to him, he's talking about statistics. This isn't a franchise record, but Jaron Jackson Jr. has more 20.2 block two steals games than anyone else in the NBA. Do you know who's right behind him, Marv, in that category? I don't. One LeBron James. I've heard of him. Yeah. Rarified air again, Jaron Jackson Jr., Um, And we've spent a lot of time talking about Jaron. And so got to give a shout out to uh, to our guy, Desmond Bain. Um, We talked a little bit about the three point shooting at the at the outset of the show. Um, I just want to read a little bit from Chris Harrington. Um, He wrote that Bain is amid an impressive 10 game stretch in which he has scored at least 20 points eight times. He's averaging 22 points, five rebounds and four assists during that stretch. He passed Mike Miller for total made threes in a season and he is at 216 this year. And we still have a number of games to play. Yeah. Um, so he's going to, I mean, we've got, let's see, we've got six games left. Um. You know, I'd guess he's going to, he's going to set that record. You know, he's going to, yeah, he's going to get at least, I would say 10 more threes um, over the course of those six games, probably more. And so He's really probably setting a record that he himself may break again next year. (laughs) If we're
1: lucky. I don't, I don't, I don't doubt it. Honestly. I mean, somebody had said, you know, it it also does speak to the whole fact that the game itself has changed and that the three pointer is, is, is much more, um, sought after relied upon. Um, you know how, like we we ever had this, just this last week, I was like, you know, YouTube all of a sudden push you a, a video. Oh, Hey, check this out. And it was like, Oh, the first time that, that, uh, that uh, Jordan faced uh, Magic Johnson. Thoughts? Okay, I'll, I'll watch a little bit of that. Yeah, and it's like I watched a game from whatever that was, eighty three or eighty two or whatever. And it's like people just like the way basketball used to be. It was like people packed down. You you had your Kareem Abdul Jabbar, and he'd like post up, and they kind of jockey for position. You get it in the post, and then there's a sky hook, or you know, and it's just like the game is much, much, much more interesting with the three-point shot. Yeah, It's like the diversity of plays that constitute basketball are just – it's such it's such a richer uh, smorgasbord of, like, possibilities, right? Then oh, you see an yeah. old-school basketball – and even though I, like, watched basketball games in that era, I wasn't – I couldn't see the future. I didn't know that basketball was going to get exponentially more interesting. <laughs> uh, but, like, to watch an old game like that and you'd be like, wow, that's the way basketball used to be. Just you know, kind of just like pack it in down low and, you know, it's a, it's a scrum and then hope for the best. It's like Oh you know. my God. Totally. Yeah.
0: Anyway. I mean, the, it's changed. The game has changed tremendously and the three point shot has been really central to that. The totally. Grizzlies shot 34% from three before the all-star break. Marvin, since the all-star break, they're shooting 38%. Um, awesome. Taylor Jenkins was asked about this recently and um, they were saying, you know, Hey, Coach, you know, basically, like, what's happening here? Are you getting better looks? Like, what's, you know, what's what's going on? And he was like, Yeah, we're getting better looks. And when you watch the Grizzlies, what you'll see is that their offensive execution is extremely crisp. You're going to rarely see a Grizzlies possession where they don't get the shot that they want to. That's that's I mean, that's incredible. They don't have defensive defenses taking them out of their offense.
1: Yeah, I, I think we should continue to watch that trend line because I would bet. Let's let's keep in mind. Okay, like. Since the all-star break, it's 38%. But but keep in mind we had a little bit of that like post, it was it wasn't too long, but we had a little bit of a post-all-star break malaise. Yeah. Uh so it's like I would bet that it's even higher if you discount, say, those first three games after the all-star break or the first well, yeah. four games. I can tell you,
0: I mean, in the month of March, the Grizzlies are shooting 39%
1: from three. You see.
0: So yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, and, and, you know, we want to wrap in a timely manner because, you know, we could do this all day, but I want to finish Mar with a few yeah. offensive statistics as we get out the door and just get your thoughts on this. Okay. When the Grizzlies shoot 50% or better from the floor, they're 21 and one. When the Grizzlies uh, score more than 120 points, they're 26 and 0. When they shoot better from 34% from three. Okay. We're shooting 39% in the month of March. When the Grizzlies shoot better than 34% from three, they are 35 and three. The Grizzlies are 16 to zero when they have 30 assists. And finally, this is a wow. staggering statistic to me. The Grizzlies have 12, 25 plus point wins this season. And that is the most since the 16, 17 warriors. Wow. With Kevin Durant, Steve, uh, Stephen Curry and Clay mm-hmm. Thompson. Mm-hmm. So as we, as we kind of go out the door here, we spent a little bit of time last week talking about defense. This is some legendary offense, Marvin.
1: It's, um, it's, it, we're, we are definitely in kind of like, as I say, rarefied air. Uh, but uh, it's just a joy to watch. And, and it's like, yeah, that's the other thing. You can tell that there's the, the joy on the players' faces, they're having so much fun. And when you have fun and you're swinging for the fences in, in this unexpected territory, it just, it, it just keeps you loose. I mean, actually, cheap among them, actually visibly is the joy and kind of jovial nature of D'Anthony Melton. Like he's been doing all this stuff and he doesn't look like he doesn't have a hang dog expression. Like, (laughs) Oh gosh, I got those numbers, but boy, I'm beleaguered. No, he just looks like, man, it's a party. Oh, (laughs) no doubt.
0: Oh, no doubt. He's he's having fun. And and I mean, these walk-off interviews every time they're mobbing, you know, guys, and like D'Anthony has just gotten mobbed the last two times and.
1: Yeah, It'll What a joy a thing. it is.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. you know, the Grizzlies now um are way up um on the Golden State Warriors. We've got six games left to go. Um, and so we will see where the Grizzlies Uh, end up landing. But as we predicted right out of the all-star break, we believe that the Grizzlies will land in that two seed. And it is sure looking good because right now they are a full five games up on the Golden State Mm. Warriors. Um, They've won five in a row. The Grizzlies don't appear to be slowing down anytime soon, Marv. They have the toughest strength of schedule remaining. Um, They will play against the San Antonio Spurs and Deontay Murray. Then they'll play against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, And then they'll see the Jazz and the Nuggets um, on the 5th of April, the 7th of April. And then they'll wrap it up with two games, one against the Pelicans and one against the Celtics. I will have occasion to attend the Nuggets game here in Denver. Um, So I'm thrilled to be there with our friend, sweet-ass Will uh, Dotson. (laughs) So that should be fun. He's got a box and we'll have a bunch of buddies there watching the Grizzlies. And then the next night we'll go see Jawbreaker in Denver. So, very cool. Yeah, it's going to be a really really good wrap to the season, Marv. Um watching the Play-In tournament, we predicted that the Grizzlies Uh, would face the minnesota timberwolves who i think will win the seventh seed i stand by that prediction i think that will be the first round playoff series uh, which of course will start in memphis Uh, and listeners to the pod, uh, be advised we are doing our best to pull together a live broadcast either on the day of the grizzlies playoff game or the day before so stay tuned for those details marvin and i will get those worked out and uh, marv will share it with the listeners just as soon as we have it done You bet. Yeah, no, looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, almost playoff time, Grizzlies fans, and what a run this is going to be. What a season it has been. And Marvin, what a 45 minutes this has been. Always a pleasure, (laughs) my brother, to have you with me on this pod. Always
1: a pleasure. Go Grizz.
0: Go, Grizz. And uh, Grizzlies fans, tune in. We got a big week coming up. Support the squad. We will have John Moran reevaluated soon and get ready because this is going to be April, May, and hopefully June like none other. Thanks for tuning in to Memphis Hardwood. We will see you next time.